you are listening to Art Smitten on Sin Nation. That was science fiction by the Divinals. Now we are joined in the studio by quite a posse of people uh, from the Lyric Offers production of The Japanese Princess. So we've got uh, Miki Oikawa, uh, sorry, Hugh Wagner and Arisa Yura um, all in the studio. So tell us a bit about The Japanese Princess. So um, Japanese Princess is a very short opera considering lots of operas are, you know, three and a half, four hours long. This is only one hour. <laughs> it was written by Camille Sanson um, in French, and it goes for one hour. But and it's a one act, five five scenes kind of basically opera. It was written originally as a part of a competition of short operas, and then he won the prize. And mm. it was written in the 1800s, so it was, it was the sort of peak of Japanism and Orientalism mm. when people were fascinated by things Eastern. Mm. And so you know, the same sort of period, you know, Madame Butterfly came about, mm. and, and this one has that sort of flavor as well. Mm. And it's really just uh, about a couple who are originally uh, meant to be a Dutch couple who mm. are cousins and they live together. And, and he has a fascination for a Japanese princess on a and sort of a painting. Mm. And he gets completely obsessed with that. Um, am I giving away too much of the plot? Maybe I won't give away the ending. But, um, so then he decides to take a, an opiate to kind of, um, oh, I shouldn't talk about drugs. But, <laughs> but um, yes, so he wants to kind of hallucinate and get into her world. And Lena, the, the other cousin, is very concerned. And it's, it's a love story about that. It was just written for two people, mm-hmm. a soprano and a tenor. But in this production, I've added Arisa as a sort of a dancing figure, sort of like the Kurokos in traditional Japanese theatre where you have those people dressed in black and doing a little bit of um, stage work, I guess. Yeah, no, and also um, my understanding, like French opera sort of when it emerged and initially had a lot more dance than sort of traditional Italian opera that we think of. I think French people thought it was all a bit vulgar if there wasn't sort of some dance involved. (laughs) So so it seems like an interesting direction. So how did you sort of um, go about sort of working that dance into the production and coming up with choreography? What was the sort of inspiration to bring that element in? I think it was because when I first looked at it and it was a two-hander and initially I had the idea of having contrasting the western couple with a an eastern couple so I was mm. thinking of getting like an Asian couple actors in there yeah. and then for various reasons including budgetary reasons <laughs> so I thought okay I'll go with one person and you know, back then it was like, okay, if I have an actor doing something on stage, it'll be fine. Mm. But then I came across Arisa, who mm. is multi-talented, of course, <laughs> and she has a, a dance background as well as um, lots of acting background. So I thought I might make use of that and get her to do things. So yeah, Arisa, so have you ever acted in an uh, or danced in an opera before? What's that experience been like for you, sort of? No, no. I guess um, most of my work's been quite just text-based plays, um, theatre. So this opera, being part of a French opera, a lot of my friends and family are like oh so are you going to sing or (laughs) um yeah and then or just dance and and because no I mean it's kind of everything yeah and as Miki-san says it's uh I do I do play a kuroko role which has I think I think it's just her vision to have me uh my my um, presence on stage is I think it's a stroke of genius (laughs) (laughs) now Hugh what attracted you to this um, well, I was lucky enough to be thought of for this job and just offered the job by our conductor, uh, Pat, who's um, I've worked with previously. I actually did a tour to China with him doing the Magic Flute, Ooh, which was I an incredible I some experience. I some people that were on that tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so he was he, he thought of me and I was lucky enough to be available. So I yeah got to come here and do this fantastic role and sing some of those beautiful music I've ever heard. So I understand that the um in the other cast, the cast that, that you aren't in, the couple is played by a real life couple. If you sort of had trouble kind of uh, competing with that level of uh, <laughs> well, we split them up as much as possible. So. <laughs> well, some people say that re- that a real life couple have the least chemistry when trying to act, but <laughs> yeah, well, it would be it would be hard to sort of I guess change your the dynamic that flows between you to sort of reflect maybe it. maybe she's just thinking of him when she looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious! <laughs> um, so, uh, have you ever performed in these sorts of venues? I feel like it's um, chapel off chapel. It's a bit like sort of smaller than the traditional kind of big opera hall that you think of. Does it change the way you sing or the way you feel connected to the audience? Um, not necessarily. And I think these days opera is really performed everywhere. I mean, mm. from big theatres to studios to you know places like Chapel on Chapel, which is just such an exciting venue to you know regional tours where you you set up a show in a town hall or a <laughs> or a you know a sports stadium for a high school or something like that. So it's just another great place to perform. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'd be really interested to hear on sort of more about how you kind of um, explore those themes of Orientalism and and how you think that um, what sort of drew you to this as opposed to some of those other operas of that time like Madame Butterfly or The Mikado um, <laughs> and sort of sort of um, is it easier to does it feel more self-aware because it does star characters who have that oriental ex- sort of exotic mm. idea. Well, I think Pat did approach me to do this opera because of my Japanese background and because of my dance background because um, he wanted to explore a little bit more with the uh, dance in, in the opera. Mm. And, you know, it, my initial reaction was, oh, yet another opera that gets Japan wrong. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I have issues with some productions of Madame Butterfly and, and I know that, you know, the Mikado is a complete, you know, s- sorry, stand-up anyway. And, yeah. You know, like, but, you know, I was just worried a little bit about, oh, you know, how am I going to present this if I find that some things are really jarring to me? But yeah. when I first listened to the music, I just thought, this is so beautiful mm. that we don't need to do anything like that. And people these days are really aware of what, you know, well, enough to know that certain things are not quite right about Japan, that it is mm. rep- represented and things like that. So we just treat it like a little vignette yeah. of how things were back then, yeah. of how people looked at Japan or, or the, the East. And the fact is, you know, it's great that people do appreciate and want to, you know, understand or take yeah. on something of the, the other culture. Mm. And what I was trying to bring out here is that it's not just the the West looking at the East, but mm. at the same time the East looks at the West in sort of like uh, post-war Japan where there's yeah. a lot of Americanism coming in mm. and a lot of fascination, part of it because we lost the war and things. But, yeah. but you know, there has always been, like even from the Meiji era, um, people were trying to put on dresses like yeah. the Western clothes and bowler hats and things. So it's always that sense of we look for and long for something that is not us the more exotic mm. and you know you, you get Bowie singing about the little China girl and you know it's always things like that I think Just a question for you guys um, on that same sort of theme of explicating those themes uh, how do you feel that you know like how do you show them on the stage when like <laughs> creatively through voice and through does what changes um, I think well for me the way I approach it is I just try and inhabit the character and try and you know be in that experience and help tell the story through that so from my perspective as an actor um whatever the production is like i try and live in that production and respond to the other actor rather mm. than thinking too much about what's probably abstract to me mm. Mm. Yeah. What, 
by dance. Yeah, I guess um, being Japanese um, artist myself, and I do channel that um, what Miki san says about how it's sort of more of the the perspective from the east. Yeah, and and I guess um, what I represent sort of um, is the other from the other sort of mm. point of view, and so you know my role because it, it does it evolve into many things uh, I think you get to see all these snippets of kind of the other side yeah so it's not just from one perspective yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us so I the Japanese princess is on now at Chapel of Chapel 12 little Chapel Street Paran and um, you can get tickets off the Chapel of Chapel website mm-hmm. yep okay amazing